Welcome to Fireside Nets, brought to you by Empire Sports Media. We are your hosts. I'm Spen, and he's Nickarino. Cappuccino. Yeah, Nick thought it'd be fun to play with his display name. So initially, he went with Nigel, and I said, uh, I don't like that name. It reminds me of Nigel Thornberry from the Wild Thornberries. Shout out to a classic Nickelodeon show for all you uh, What about Nigel 90s. Gruff? What about Nigel Gruff? Ah, the, the famous kicker. Are on the outside. That's from the uh, movie The Replacements. I believe it was 2000 football movie with Keanu Reeves and Gene Hackman. Highly recommend. Yeah, great movie. Footsteps Falco. Anyway, it is Monday, May 8th. We are on episode 148 of Fireside Nets. And Nick, we have a second round of NBA playoffs to break down without the Brooklyn Nets. My favorite part was Jokic fighting the Suns owner. Okay. So we're going we're gonna to get to that. First, I want to talk Knicks heat. It's 6.37 p.m. on Monday, so that game is starting in the next hour. The heat lead this series two games to one. Uh, game four, obviously, in Miami. Nick, what have you thought of this series so far with our crosstown rival and those, uh, those hot, hot heat players down in Miami? I mean, I'm just mad it's not 3-0. The, the Heat should have won game two, let the Knicks back in it. Brunson put the team on his back. Without Jimmy Butler, they put up a hell of a fight. Um, I'm talking – I got to give shout-out to Kyle Lowry, former NBA champion, uh, a veteran in this league. He has stepped up off the bench, hit some huge shots in crunch time, made some great passes, taken charges. Lowry's doing all the small things to get these, these Heat over the edge. Um, I like guys like – uh, who is the twin that's on this team? Is it Caleb? Yeah, I think it's Caleb Martin. Caleb Martin, not Cody Martin. Uh, he's been hitting some huge shots. Their three-point shooting has been phenomenal. Listen, I hate the Knicks. Everyone knows how much I hate the Knicks. I hate the Knicks more than the Celtics. I got a bet with my friend Josh Blinsky. Shout out Slate Milk. If the Celtics win the championship, I owe Josh $200. If the Knicks win, I lose no money. I would rather the Celtics win, and I hate both teams. Uh, Jimmy's the GOAT. Bam, solid. This Heat team looks good. I don't think they have a shot at winning it all. We'll get there, who I think is going to win it all. But they should get past this Knicks team. Hey, congrats on the Knicks winning round one. There's no way you get uh, any further than this. You're toast. Goodbye. Wow. That's a strong take. I, uh, I look, so if you go to ESPN, there's a little blurb about the, uh, the final four matchups. They have the Knicks at a 68%. Well, now it just went down to 65%. Uh, chance to win this series so just something to keep in mind um i think everybody knows if the knicks go down 3-1 they're not winning three straight games that'd be pretty wild even though two two of those three games are in new york um, i need my boy donkey robs i need donkey robs to hit a couple more big threes and it's game over here's the cool thing about this series right you always get the most unexpected heroes in the playoffs so in that game two, it was Caleb Martin who, who went off for the heat, even though they lost. Um, but for the most part, Gabe Vincent has really shown yeah. up in this series. He's, he's been a very nice player. Um, on top of that, you know, you, you talked GV3s. about threes. We call those GV threes. You talked about big, Butt Lowry, how about Kevin love? 
right? So funny story. I was at the bar for game one with my buddy. We're watching the Knicks game. He's a diehard Knicks fan. There was a guy all the way at the other end of the bar. And, uh, you know, he was trying to talk to us. It was kind of awkward. But eventually, Kevin Love scored a basket. And my buddy goes, fucking Kevin Love stinks. And the guy all the way down at the end of the bar who was rooting for the Knicks goes, I don't know, man. Love isn't that bad. And then proceeded to troll my friend for the next hour as Kevin Love had, like, the best quarter of his season. And uh, eventually, my friend freaked out. And he goes, you know what? I'm going to buy you a Kevin Love jersey because you love him so much. I mean, dude, that was such a smart pickup by the Miami Heat. That's where I got to give credit to this Miami Heat front office. Uh, Guys like Eric Spolster, guys like Pat Riley, Alonzo Mourning. The Heat are always in contention with these random put-together teams. Like, how'd they go to the championship against the Lakers a few years ago where Duncan Robinson is their $90 million man? And now he's kind of – and listen, I respect to Duncan. They got Struess who could play a little bit of defense, and Duncan's no longer relevant on this Miami Heat team. They pick up, like, guys you've never heard of, Caleb Barton, Gabe Vincent. They bring Kevin Love out of near retirement who was a ghost the last couple seasons on the Cleveland Cavaliers. He sounded like he's never even played – he looked like he hadn't played basketball in the last three years. Comes to the Heat – and now he's absolutely stepping up and being a big role player on this team. So I got to give credit to the Heat because no matter who they throw out there, they are a well-coached, well-disciplined team. Yeah, and they have Jimmy Butler. I mean, Jimmy Butler and Eric Spolstra, you have that combination with my guy Udonis Haslam on the sidelines. It's a recipe for success right there. And uh, it'd be very funny for the Knicks to go into a series against the Heat, the Heat playing without Oladipo. Butler's been no, t- no Tyler Hero, no Tyler Hero, no Tyler Hero, probably the, the, the best pure scorer on the team in Hero. Um, and and the Heat have just been given the Knicks fits. And you're right, if it wasn't for Jalen Brunson putting the team on his back, this, they, they'd be down 3 0. Uh, okay, let's get to Warriors Lakers. So that game is also tonight, 10 p.m. The Lakers are up two to one, uh, absolutely dominated the Warriors in that game three. LeBron, the way that game started, I don't know if you watched that game, it was wild. So former Brooklyn net D'Angelo Russell was having a day in the first quarter. I mean, LeBron didn't even shoot the ball, and D'Angelo was up to like double digits in the first quarter. LeBron ended up really having a strong game down the stretch. Anthony Davis, man, just like James Harden, those two guys have been Jekyll and Hyde. When they play well, th- their teams don't lose. But when they when they play poorly, I mean, they're the second best player on the team. So uh, AD is dominant in games three and one, not great in game game two. Uh, Lakers up 2-1. Uh, what do you think of this series so far, Nick? I think it's the best series on TV or in, in the playoffs right now. I mean, listen, we're watching an unbelievable NBA playoffs. The Suns Nuggets has been insane. That's playoff basketball. Knicks Heat has been fun. I'd say the last game was a little boring when the Heat snuck away. Celtics um, Sixers has been insane. But this Lake, I mean, dude, you're looking at two of the best players of all time. Looking at LeBron James versus Steph Curry towards the latter end of their careers. What does LeBron have? Maybe one or two left. Bronny comes into the league. He plays a season with him and he's done. Steph, a couple more years than LeBron, but he's not going to be able to keep us up forever. So we are watching two champions, two legends go toe-to-toe carrying their teams. Listen, you got guys like Clay and AD supporting, but my focus is on LeBron. My focus is on Steph. Jordan Poole has to step up if the Warriors are going to have a, a shot to come back in this series. Poole has not been shooting the ball well, and he is kind of that third shooter after Clay that needs to be hitting you know, 40, 45% of his shots. Lakers, like you said, D'Angelo Russell, 
I have two. I have two comments: D'Angelo Russell and James Harden. Why couldn't they play like that in Brooklyn during the playoffs? Well, James Harden was playing on half a hamstring, so let's Jesus let's chill, like uh, yeah, let's chill with that but, slander. But but listen to answer to, to Lakers Warriors, my favorite series in the playoffs right now. And I'll tell you what, I'm a big Warriors guy. I'm a big Steph guy. I love this Golden State team. This is the first time in my life I'm rooting for LeBron because the dude is like 38, still looking like he's 29 out there and putting a a pretty okay team on his back. I mean, listen, AD is a superstar. D'Angelo is an above average player. Austin Reeves is looking like Larry Bird at times. So I got to say this Lakers team is very likable, very cool to see LeBron still competing at the level he's competing at. What I really like about this Lakers team is they have one of the best backcourts that I think they've ever that that LeBron James has ever had. Schroeder brought up D'Angelo Russell, Dennis Schroeder, Austin Reeves. Those three guys are all legitimate scorers. Um, so, I, and I, I also when you play with LeBron and Hachimura, he's not a he's not a, a backcourt guy. But how good has Hachimura been? He, he's been pretty good. So my point is, when you play with LeBron James, right? Who's he's a LeBron James is a point guard in a forward's body. So he's pretty much another guard out there. I mean, the way he moves the ball, the way he runs the offense, you can consider him a point forward hybrid. That's a really dynamic group of guys that can score and create. Schroeder and Austin Reeves are both playmakers. D'Angelo Russell is a playmaker as well. So you have four guys on the court who can all create, and then you have AD and Hachimura scoring the basketball. Lakers are a tough out right now, man. They're, they're playing really inspired basketball. And you look on the other side, not enough from Jordan Poole. Just, just not enough. Clay's been inconsistent. Andrew Wiggins has to step up and, and score the basketball a little bit more consistently. Um, the only one who should see Wiggins dunk over AD. Oh, that was sick. That was sick. That was a poster. Every single warrior has to show up. And, and the only guy who's really been doing that every single game is Steph Curry. When the Nets are out of it, I tend to root for the Warriors. I, I I wanted them to beat LeBron back in the day. I wanted them to beat the Raptors that one year with Kawhi. I just there's something about the Warriors pretty much being homegrown for the most part that I that I love. And I know a lot of people hate Draymond Green, and I'm not a fan of his antics. I don't think anyone, when they're more focused, plays harder than Draymond does on both ends of the, the court. Draymond Green is a guy who it will absolutely be despised by everybody, but respected and adored by his team. He's a guy like Tyson Chandler, a guy like P.J. Tucker, a guy like Pat Bev. Like, these guys who are intimidators, they're instigators. They're they're out there to ruffle feathers and hustle more than anybody, and you got to respect that from a, from a basketball standpoint, from a winning standpoint. They're masters of their craft, right? They're the master instigators. They're master baiters. No, I wasn't I wasn't gonna say that. Um yeah, so I look, I if I had to pick this series, I, I was looking, I think the Lakers are like 71% on ESPN's thing. I'd like to pick the Warriors. I'd like to see them win tonight and come back. I just if AD and LeBron continue to play the way they're playing, out of Russell, Reeves, and Schroeder, you only need one or two of those guys to step up. I, I kind of think the Lakers just have a little bit more offensive firepower than the Warriors do. And if um, you look at the – it's not even a game in the paint. I mean, the Lakers were so smart. LeBron said this in the post-game interview is we should have been pounding the paint the first two games as well. Game three, they drove the ball. Between LeBron and AD, they have two powerhouse drivers. You got Draymond. I got, I'll give props to Kevon Looney, who, who really does his role right. well. People call him, like, the best deal in the NBA for what you get out of him at the price. He can't compete with AD and LeBron down low. So 
they're going back to their bread and butter, which is playing inside and, and it's working out. If the Warriors are going to come back, it's going to be, you know, 45, 50% shooting or above. Um, and that's the only thing that's going to keep them in it. Um, the one thing I did want to call out, if I'm Steve Kerr, play Gary Payton the second over Dante DiVincenzo. DiVincenzo, you just, he's not a good enough shooter to have him out there with guys like Steph and Clay, he's bricking threes. He's kind of ruining the momentum of the offense. He's also not a good enough playmaker, in my opinion. Get a guy like Gary Payton II who can do the little things, who can fight for those loose balls, who who can who can scrap, who can run with set Steph and Clay, and you know he hits the occasional open three. I love Gary Payton II. I think he's a guy who's built for the playoffs. And Nick. Andre Iguodala is close to returning. He's another guy that can give you a little bit of oomph off the bench with his veteran leadership. Hey, former NBA Finals MVP. The second AI. Are we ready to move on to Celtics 76ers? Yeah. All right. So these next two series, I think I'm going to get a little bit heated because we got to talk about two former Brooklyn Nets, two former members of the big three, and it's going to start with James Harden. So this series is tied 2-2. If you look at the two games that the Celtics won, they were blowouts, essentially. I, I mean, the scores were uh, Celtics 121, 76ers 87 in game two. In game three, it was Celtics 114, Sixers 102. The Celtics are the better basketball team. Now, the Sixers have the best player in the series in Joel Embiid. I know they won game one without him, but it, I think pound for pound, Embiid is the best player in the series. Um And then you have James Harden, who turned back the clock in game one. They had a lot of rest. Look, they swept us, right? Took the Celtics, I think, six games against the Hawks. So Harden was well-rested in game one. He goes the fuck off. Absolutely puts the 76ers on his back. They win in Boston. Nobody saw that coming. And that was without Joel Embiid. Games two, games three, a lot more like, you know, you, me, Belinsky thought they'd be. Celtics dominate defensively. Absolutely put the clamps on Harden, slowed down everybody minus Joel Embiid, who I think had a great game three, um, and they took care of business. Yesterday, you know, the Sixers at home, winning most of the game. Celtics make a comeback late. They had the lead for a little bit, and unfortunately, uh, they just they, they decided to double Embiid up two, kicks it out to Harden for the baseline three. Harden absolutely eight against Jalen Brown yesterday. Uh, I think I saw a stat. He was five of eight when Brown was guarding him. He put up 42 points in that game, okay, on 16 what? to 23 from the field. Yeah, just just a ridiculous game for Harden. And then 34 points for Embiid. So those two guys did the heavy lifting for a much needed victory to keep the series alive at two games apiece. You're up. But, but let's not get it twisted. The Sixers were up 10, 12 points with a couple minutes left in the game. Celtics clawed their way back in, took the lead up three with a minute left, so yes. Embiid then looked like a deer in headlights. Embiid did not want the ball. He got blocked twice in a row by Al Horford. Al Horford looking like he just rewound the clock 10 years. Embiid got so in his own head that he passed the ball off to Tobias Harris, still down three with him in the left. Tobias Harris airballed an elbow jumper. <laughs> P.J. Tucker got the airball rebound, put it up, and got an and one and hit the free throw to tie it up. He screamed in Embiid's ear. One you could only assume probably yelled, Step the fuck up. You're the MVP of the league. And Embiid's now scared of a 37-year-old Al Horford. So, yes, the Sixers won this game. They eked it out. I got to blame Joe Mazzulla, too. Two timeouts, 20 seconds left. And they, what was it? They don't even get a shot off. Smart hits a 
bucket, but the ball is still in his hands at the buzzer. Don't yeah, even get a and, shot from Tatum or Brown. That's and, bad and, coaching and that's bad playing. Yes. That that was the second time that happened, by the way. At the end of regulation, I don't know if you remember if you remember the ball was in Marcus Smart's hands. Yeah, and Marcus Smart front rimmed a three. So two chances to win the game, and the ball ends up in Marcus Smart's hands for a three-pointer. So yes, I'll give it to the Sixers. Harden hit a huge corner three. Absolutely. Harden hit a huge floater to send the game into overtime too before the Celtics missed. But that's that game was in the Celtics hands three times and they blew it all three times with bad coaching bad execution and the wrong guy taking the last shot i hate the celtics i'm like as much as i hate harden i want the sixers to win this series because i absolutely despise the celtics i don't want i wouldn't want the sixers to win at all but that was just awful the celtics are a better team through and through than the sixers should be up 3-1 right now yeah i i would tend to agree by the way i, I know i've said this to you on previous podcasts it's tobias harris it's not Tobias Harris. Like, like when you say his name, it's like you're referencing his big toe, ha- Ias Harris. So. Okay, but he goes by Toby. Yeah, but it's not Tobias. It's Tobias. Tobias. Um, what was I gonna say? Oh, yeah, I'm rooting for the Celtics. Look, I know a lot of people think it's it's weird to still have some disdain for James Harden after the way the big three sort of uh, just went away. I still, I don't like the fact that he has this, I told you so mentality about leaving Brooklyn and being like, Oh, people said I was the crazy one. And I was this, and I was that, well, look at me now. I want nothing more for them to have a second round exit and then somehow blow up the team because of the reports that he wants to go back to Houston. I I don't want them to get past the Celtics in this series. I don't think they're going to, I still think the Celtics have the advantage in this. Um, Give give me give me the Celtics to win game five. And and you know what? I think they pull it out in six in Philadelphia. I, th- I think they get that game on the road. I just don't see Embiid and Harris. I'm sorry, Embiid and Harden doing what they did in game four in game in two of the next three games. I just don't see it. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. So you like you have the Celtics winning? Yeah, I'm rooting for the Sixers, but I think the Celtics will pull it off. All right. And then we got finally Nuggets Suns. This series is tied two games apiece. Game five in Denver tomorrow night at 10 p.m. Uh, you were talking about Jokic shoving the Suns owner before. There is no suspension. He was fined 25K. Um, the Suns owner actually did come out and say something while I find that quote. Why don't you? Uh, oh, here you go. Matt Ishaba right away. He said, Where is this guy's freaking. Twitter. He basically he basically did not want Jokic to get suspended. He felt he he knew he interfered as well. If you guys watched the replay, ball went out of bounds. Uh, Okogi ran for it, and then basically Jokic tried to get the ball back. This random dude was holding on to the ball, wouldn't give Jokic the ball back. Tried to get the ball again. The guy kind of like held it behind him. Ball got loose. Jokic gave the guy uh, a bow to the ch- a forearm to the chest. Guy flopped back into his seat. It ends up being the Suns owner. Um, so the whole question was, what ended up happening? Jokic got a technical um, for um, you know unnecessary contact with a quote-unquote fan. And what basically ended up happening was the Nuggets were saying this is bullshit. Even if he's the owner, he can't interfere with the game. Jokic was just trying to get the ball back. The owner initiated contact before oh, he touched him. So they were saying I got he the quote. suspended. Matt Ishbia wrote, great win for the Suns last night in an amazing series so far. 
That should be and is the only story. Suspending or fining anyone over last night's incident would not be right. I have a lot of respect for Jokic, and I don't want to see anything like that. Excited for Game 5, go Suns. Uh, not a big deal. Look, it's, it's, a, it's an owner who's also a fan of his team. He's getting fired up. The best player on the, the opposing team. They get a little dust up. Your, your classic player versus owner dust up. I'm not too worried about it. You can't suspend the best player in the series who, without him, wouldn't even be a competition. The guy had foot 53 and 17 or something last game. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I'm, I'm glad the NBA came to that ruling because this would have forever had an asterisk if, if Jokic had to sit out a game. I think the Nuggets, if you had to ask me right now, we're going to win the NBA championship this year. I think they're the most complete team. I think they're, they're the most well-coached team. I think if Jokic and Jamal Murray are both playing their game and they are somewhat on, they can't lose. You have Aaron Gordon complimenting them. You have our boy Bruce Brown, who has become a key role player for this Denver Nuggets team. Um, I love the Denver Nuggets. I think they're fun to watch. Jokic is unlike anything I've ever seen before. How could you like the Suns when it's just Booker and Durant firing at will to keep them in the game? Aiton's been quiet. CP3's been out the last two games. So I'll give the Suns a little bit of credit for coming down 2-0 and making this a series at 2-2. Booker shot 20 of 25, and then I believe 14 of 18. The dude shooting over 80% in the last two games. And not even, it's like, it's not even he scored six points. He scored, I think, 47 and then 36. So shout out to Devin Booker being the guy over Kevin Durant. Devin Booker said, these Phoenix Suns are still my team. Durant didn't have a great game three. He had a solid game four to help them seal the deal. I still think the Nuggets win it. I could see it going to seven, but I think as long as the Nuggets continue to play their game, they're all close games. The Suns have crept away in the last two. The Nuggets are a better team, in my opinion. Yeah, so I'm not a Devin Booker fan, just from the personality standpoint. Didn't like uh, you know him talking shit to Luka. Was it last year in the playoffs? And then Luca had the last laugh there. I think he's a guy who hasn't accomplished much in this league, yet he talks and acts like he's a superstar. Um, having said all that, he has been the best player in the National Basketball Association in these playoffs. Uh, and these, these are playoffs that include Nikola Jokic, Jimmy Butler, Jason Tatum, Joel Embiid. He has been better than all of those guys. Devin Booker, every time he touches the ball, it's just going in the hoop. Like, it's it's in fucking sane. He has looked Michael Jordan-esque in these playoffs. I, like, And I don't think that's a crazy thing to say. He's been that good. The fact that him and KD were down 2-0 in this series, I think, shocked a lot of people, myself included. Because as great as Denver is, I, I just didn't think that they were going to roll over a Devin Booker, Kevin Durant-led team. I, I, I mean, they're they're just too good. No, Dude, the Suns. The Suns have no depth. They traded their entire bench away to get Kevin Durant. Have you seen who's coming? Like Damian Lee needs to score fifteen to twenty a game. Not actually, but like, well, listen. Shout out. You know who came up big in Game Four? Former Brooklyn Net, Landry Shamit. Shamit yeah, had nine, 19 points for the Suns. Some really big buckets in that fourth quarter. And I actually saw bring it back to the Nets. I saw someone tweet. I did, they didn't remember Shamit's tenure in Brooklyn that one year he was here. I'm like, he had some little, pretty big, he had he some big moments for us. He did, but he was underwhelming in terms of what we needed him to do off the bench. Uh, three point shooting efficiency wise. Um, last thing I'll say about the Nuggets sons. Um, I think Jokic should have won a third MVP in a row. 
not not to take anything away from Embiid. Embiid was like 35 points a game, 10 rebounds a game, and over 60%. Jokic continuously averages a triple-double, shooting over 50%, and he is the most – I don't think anybody can argue he is the most skilled player in the NBA in terms but, of his – what he could do. In, like everything basketball included IQ – passing, rebounding, shooting, three-point driving. The guy is just a born, like, in his blood basketball player through and through, has no weak aspect of his game. And do you know why I think we're all enamored with the way he plays basketball? Because it's kind of a – you don't see a lot of players like him with his build. Well, yeah, I mean, that – you don't there, – there's never really been a center like him, but he plays so effortlessly – it almost looks like he's not trying out there, yet he carves up everybody. The way he look, like you watch Jimmy Butler play basketball, you can tell Jimmy Butler uses every single ounce of his energy on every single play. Jokic is the exact opposite. Some of the passes that Jokic makes, before he makes them, you're like, he's lazily just like chucking. Then, boom, perfect bounce pass to a cutting Michael Porter Jr. for the slam dunk. He posterized. Uh, KD the other day. I don't know if you saw yeah. that that dunk in the in yeah. the loss. He fucking put KD on a poster. Um, look, I obviously I'm mad at KD. I'm still sour that he wanted out and he wanted to go to Phoenix. I want nothing more than this Nuggets team to beat them in the next three games. I, I don't know. This is the one series that I really don't know. If you ask me, my gut feeling, KD and Booker run out of juice. They just do. You can't carry a team like they have been and not have the supporting cast. Look, they got lucky. Jock Landale, or Landale, however you say his name, he's been great for them. Uh, he's he's actually came in. He's defended well. Uh, I'm sorry, Landale. That's how you say his name. Uh, eight points in, in, their, in their win. He was a plus 16. He's come in for Aiton, who's had – Aiton's had a bit of a shaky series, and Landale has gave them very good minutes playing against Jokic. Um Terrence Ross, TJ Warren, these guys have, have given them some minutes. Campaign's been a nice fill-in for Chris Paul. And by the way, there are some hot takes out there, Nick. Some people think this team is better without Chris Paul. Oh, hey, I mean, they won without him two games, so lost two with him. I mean, I can't argue that. I do think, though, and I hear you, a lot of guys have had to step up in the Phoenix organization. It's good for them. I think back in Denver, game five, series is tied 2-2 right now. I think Nuggets win by 20. All right, there you have it. We broke down the NBA playoffs, second round. Nick, now let's get into some Nets news before we end the pod. Uh, let This is called, what do you think about that? Just just give me your thoughts on some of these. Mikael Bridges is getting more and more assimilated into the Brooklyn Nets culture. He recently went to Raheem Muhammad, a.k.a. General Ox, uh, Delhi stand, or Delhi <laughs> forefront. I don't even know what to call it. I think it's the forefront. And the he bodega? The bodega. Yeah, it's that it's, it is a bodega, and he ordered a chopped cheese the Aki way. Did you see that video? I didn't. I'll check it out. To be honest, I hate Aki videos. Like, I think the guy's very funny. As he's very personable, I like his personality. His sandwiches look disgusting. Like, they're like, all right, give me a cheesesteak in between ice cream, Fruit Loops, and a donut. And it's not even like it's unhealthy. Like, those things just don't go together. I saw guys like, give me a burger in a pancake in a tortilla in an in an ostrich. Like, I just. I, I like the guy's vibe. He built his little empire. I'll watch the video because like Mikhail Bridges, but I don't want to hear. I don't want to eat an Akiway sandwich. I'm yeah, done. you don't. You don't. You don't have to go to his spot and and have his food. But I think it's really awesome 
that the guy who we want to make the face of our franchise for the next few years, I think it's great that he's doing what he can to get himself involved, invested, whatever you want to call it, with everything Brooklyn-related. Like, I just love it. I heard he took a selfie right in front of the Brooklyn Bridge. Did he really? No, that's just like the most touristy thing you could do. I heard he made love to Brooklyn Decker. Wow. Good for him. I, I didn't hear that. I don't know if I... No, he made love to Eric was... Decker. Eric Decker. That's... Well, that has nothing to do with Brooklyn. Anyway. Uh, okay. So next bit of news. What do you think about this? Great video of backup net center Dayron Sharp dominating in Brazil at Kelman Park in the Diadema neighborhood. So he pulled up basically Brazil's version of Rucker Park, essentially. Dayron Sharp pulled up and he was hooping. He was dunking. He was shooting. First of all, I love videos like that. But if you're an NBA player and you're going to show up there, you got to dominate. And that's exactly what Sharp did. I thought he had some moments this year where I thought maybe he can be our future backup center. I don't know. I'm not sold. But it's videos like that, that that make me love a guy's character and say, heck yeah. What do you think about that, Nick? I'll tell you what I love about it and what I'm skeptical about. Uh, I love that a true baller wants to ball in the offseason, wants to travel and still play basketball. I mean, I just saw an article come out. Pat Beverly talked about how many players in the NBA don't like playing basketball anymore because it's a business. They want to make money. They kind of lost the joy. So it's nice to see guys like De'Aaron Sharp. Pat Beverly actually, too, played a, a – in Greenwich Village the other day at the cage. So it's cool to see all these players love the game of basketball, want a ball, even when they're not, you know, on the clock per se. The thing I'm skeptical about is cool. He dominated in Brazil. Could he do that in the U S is he ever going to do that in the U S I mean, I could dominate at a fourth grade middle school. So I think it, it, it time and place good to see him out there getting, getting some reps, but bring that back to the States. Usually fourth grade isn't in middle school. You know what I meant. I meant a fourth grade Hebrew school. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> God damn. Uh, classic Jewish joke from my my brother Nick. We're we're both Jewish. Got to put that in there. Next bit of news: Ben Simmons wants to play for Australia in the FIBA World Cup, as reported. I think his mindset is getting healthy, getting in shape, and getting ready to play in this World Cup. The head coach of uh, Australia's FIBA team, Gorgian, said via ESPN, there were unfortunate circumstances why he didn't play at the Olympics, but I feel like he's going to make himself available. He is currently not listed on Australia's FIBA World Cup roster. They're going to keep tabs on him, and the coach said that they will have a spot for him dependent on his health. Nick, what do you think of this news regarding Ben Simmons? If I hear one more thing, about Ben Simmons trying to get in the right mindset to play basketball again, I'm actually going to jump off a cliff. I wish Ben Simmons nothing but the best. Mental health is super important. I hope he gets the help he needs. He, he finds a way to, you know, balance his life out. But I am so sick of him teasing organizations, countries, whoever he's going to play for, with him almost being ready to play basketball again. I am out on Ben Simmons. I am out on him being a factor on this Nets organization ever. Again, wish him nothing but the best, nothing but respect for what he has done with his career thus far. But I'm done being, for lack of a better word, dicked around by Ben Simmons. And I want to move on from this conversation. Yeah, well, we're not going to because I also have a take. And uh, my take is I'd love to see him play for Australia in FIBA. I'd love to see him, you know, play physical basketball in in the FIBA championship, which, uh, you know, everyone knows – 
basketball outside of America, a lot more physical, a lot less foul calls. It's the World Cup, sorry. I'd love to see him play in the World Cup. And, um, you know, this will give us a glimpse of what he might be able to do in the NBA. So absolutely, I'm excited for this news. I think that he, I think that he plays for Australia. That's my guess. Great. Down under. Uh, what do you think about this, Nick? Nick Claxton was recently in Paris. Or Paris. Was that the whole statement? Yeah. Yeah, that's great. I hope he got a, uh, a pan de chocolat. I don't know what that is. It's like a chocolate croissant. It translates to chocolate bread. Nick, 17 years ago today, the cover of ESPN Magazine was uh, Vince Carter, Jason Kidd, and Richard Jefferson with the caption, Why Nobody Wants to Play the Nets. That doesn't apply anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, really. Uh, Good uh... times, though, man. Good times. All right. We have a little story time to end out the pod. Uh, which story do you want to hear? How I ate humble pie or how my love for sandwiches got me out of a ticket? Fuck, I don't care. I'm going to go the sandwich story. Story. The humble pie story is pretty boring. My friend just kicked my ass in basketball after I talked a bunch of shit. Uh, so we're going to get moral, both stories now? No, that's not. That's a short, short version of the story. The moral of the humble pie story is don't talk shit after you win something because – you're most likely bound to lose the next time. Uh, how my love for sandwiches got me out of a ticket. So for those who don't know, on the side of my Nets podcast and my nine to five job, I have an Instagram called Spenny Sandwiches. I do a lot of sandwich reviews in New Jersey. The other day I was going to the deli and I was about two blocks away from my a spot that I go to a lot. You know, the, the owner knows me. Uh, their sandwiches are great. Shout out to a family affair in Fairlawn. I get pulled over. For, uh, by an officer for being on my phone. And the guy was super nice. He goes, I have to write you a, a ticket. We have a grant from the state. We have to pull people over on their phones and we have a zero tolerance policy. I said, no problem. Went to get my license, gave him my license, whatever. He writes the ticket. I get to the deli. I tell, uh, I tell my guy what happened. He goes, oh, that stinks. What was the name of the officer? I reveal the name of the officer. He goes, oh my God, we know him. We love him. He's the best. You should have said that you were coming here. We would have got you off. I said, that would have been great. I leave the deli. I immediately get a call about two minutes after I pulled away. Spencer, get your ass back here. I got your back. Phone hangs up. I drive back to my spot. I go in. All of a sudden, the cop's in there. He goes, look, he goes, our computers are broken. I'm going to give you a break. He goes, I saw that you had a Giants hat on. I thought, this guy's pretty cool. He roots for the Giants. I saw you had a medical marijuana card. He goes, "Ah, this guy's pretty cool. He likes to toke up a little bit. And then he goes, I saw you had a brewery sticker for elementary in Hackensack. And the cop goes, man, this is a guy I'd like to hang out with. Then he goes into the deli and the owner says, you gave my boy a ticket. Cop immediately felt bad. I go in there. Cop hooks me up. Not the end of the story. I do a sandwich review video forum family affair. The cop comments on the video for Spenny Sandwiches. You guys can check it out. He writes, it was great meeting you, my friend. And I didn't get a ticket, and I got a sandwich. And guess what, Nick? I made a friend. Blue lives matter, man. That they do. Um, So if you guys have any bad experiences with cops, (laughs) which which I totally have had in the past, that was probably one out of my my 10 experiences with cops that was positive. Uh, You know, 
Hopefully you guys have more positive experiences than bad ones, but I understand that's a good that. story. That's a good story. You got a good it's sandwich good out of it. You got away yeah. scot-free and you made a friend. Yeah. I'm happy for you. Great. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, thank you guys for listening to another episode of Fireside Nets brought to you by Empire Sports Media. I'm Spen Harris. He's Nick Nicarino. And uh, tune in next week. Peace. Bye-bye.